Do I think they're going to pull off uh, uh, the fourth reverse sweep or the fifth reverse sweep ever in the history of the NHL? Probably not. But am I going to put five bucks down so that I get paid if they do? Absolutely. And I did. (laughs) You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 170 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one. And guys, we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the NHL draft lottery results last night and uh, the second round matchups in the NHL playoffs. But before we get into all of that stuff, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. little pre-tournament training for the Pepsi Cup took place last night we started our floor hockey league adam and i uh we won eight one so uh no rust that's for sure uh we're already mid-season form for the pepsi cup in uh late june so that felt good but i'd be lying right now if uh i said i wasn't very nervous because it is tuesday night and the devils play carolina for game four and this game matters Yes, it, it does. very much does. And Case, uh, I'm going to have to fine you your very first time because it is no longer called the Pepsi Cup. It is called the Boys in the Booth Ball Hockey Classic. <laughs> oh. And we have to drill that into the heads of everybody playing in the tournament and spectating because that's a brand new thing this year. We took the Pepsi Cup, something we've done uh, since, I believe, 2012. Uh, so for over a decade now, and we've turned it into and, and kind of brought it under our own uh, brand, as you say, and it's now called the Boys in the Booth uh, uh, Ball Hockey Classic. So, well, I got a second find there because I just jiggled some ice in your ears. Um, <laughs> Sean Avery's pissed somewhere right now. You ever see that clip? No, I haven't. What? Someone's jiggling ice, and he's <laughs> his buddy on his podcast was like having a mixed drink, and he's like saying something, and the ice is jiggling, and he just stops and looks at him and goes, <laughs> "Yeah." It is a noise. It's like very piercing. It's very loud. But yeah, yeah so case, case, those are two of your finds to start off the podcast here. Um, but don't worry. It's going to happen a bunch of times. People are going to mistake the Boys in the Booth Ball Hockey Classic for the Pepsi Cup. But uh, going forward, that's what it's called. And if you're interested, you can find all of the information about that on our website at boysinthebooth.com. Also on boysinthebooth.com, I didn't intend to go into like a, a, a plug here, but this is kind of just how it's going, um, is our merch. We started selling merch uh, a couple days ago, and yeah, Casey's wearing it right there. If you're nice. if you're watching on YouTube, um, so we started selling merch on the website boysandboot.com/shop. Go there, get uh, y- you can see all the new designs that we put together, and uh, yeah, every dollar really helps us out. And uh, yeah, so go there and and get some merch and help us out. Me boys doing okay today i was talking to you guys off air today's the first day actually that um i woke up and wasn't super sick in the morning i've had covid for the last eight days so last episode i was talking about how i felt kind of terrible all day well it turns out i had covid and here we are so i've been working from home i've been you know just it's been like a grind but uh, you know, shocker, I get COVID in 2023. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, the, the rule even in schools now, it's like after you test positive for five days, you're you're able to go back to school. So it's, it's kind of a weird thing. But anyways, that's how my week has been. So it could have gone better. Also, the Leafs are in a tough, 
tough spot. So things aren't really going my way over this past week. How about you, Harper? How's it going? I'm good, man. You mentioned uh, our merch drop and uh, the nice little rebrand to the Boys in the Booth Ball Hockey Classic. So looking forward to that. I missed out on it last year. So I'm going to have to have a few practice sessions of my own and work off a bit of the rust for uh, the tournament next month. But looking forward to it as always. And yes, our merch is now live, uh, available for a limited time only. Get yourself set up for summer 2023. Certainly feeling like summer this week with this fantastic weather that we're having and uh, already breaking out the shorts and the flops and, and all of it. And uh, we've got all kinds of stuff for everyone up on our website. So, yeah, doing good, man. Exciting times, that's for sure. Perfect. All right, well, let's get into this, boys. And uh, before we get into our little check-ins with uh, the second round Stanley Cup playoff matchups, um, let's, uh, let's talk about the results of the NHL draft lottery last night. And uh, obviously, it's understandable why a lot of people out there are upset about the Chicago Blackhawks getting that number one overall pick, which ultimately will be... Connor Bedard, where you've already seen all the graphics and, and everything of him in a Blackhawks uniform. You got to feel for those Anaheim Ducks fans as they just, you know, the terrible luck in, in the lottery continues for them. Uh, once again, they lost out on Crosby in 05, ended up picking number two, and it's happened again in 2023. Still going to get a great player, uh, whether that's Adam Van, uh, Fantilli or Leo Carlson, whoever, but uh, that really stings for Ducks fans. So Chicago gets the number one pick. A lot of people out there aren't happy about it again, understandably so. Um, so maybe we could touch on that just to just to kick this one off. And uh, Chad, I'll go to you first, man. Yeah, sure. So I, I just want to kind of reiterate what I posted on our Boys in the Booth Instagram page. Just the fact that I couldn't think of a less deserving franchise of this first overall pick. A generational player in Connor Bedard, which by the way, it's kind of funny that even EA Sports NHL has posted him in the game in a Blackhawks jersey. Like the kid hasn't been picked yet. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, he's all but been picked. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he will be the number one pick, but it's just kind of crazy because thinking back, like over the last few years, we can't really remember a time where it has been this certain that a guy is going to go number one. So much so that EA Sports NHL released a picture of him in-game. In- yeah, they they got that for me uh, from the Hawks mode I did a while ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, circling back, I, I, I posted on our story that I couldn't think of a less deserving franchise of Connor Bedard because, uh, and for a few reasons. Number one, obviously the one that's uh, that's looming over uh, everyone's heads in that Chicago organization is the cover-up, a, a decade-long cover-up of a sexual assault, and we're not going to get into that, but just such a bad look on the NHL to sort of reward a team who covered up these atrocious acts for a decade. Um, and, oh yeah, Joel Quenville is also allowed to coach in the NHL again as of about a week ago. So just a bad look on the NHL uh, through and through, and like, what else do we expect? And number two, uh, you know, uh, the reason why this franchise isn't deserving of this player is because you got Patrick Kane first overall years ago, 
and you won three Stanley Cups. Like, it's just, I can't think of another franchise that deserved him the least. Like, any other team who was who was in the running to get the first overall pick. I'm talking Anaheim, who you mentioned missed out on uh, Crosby back in 2005 as well. Um, I'm talking Columbus, who has a bunch of young, fun weapons on that team. Like, Montreal, imagine him in Canada. Like, that would be crazy. Um, you know, so many more deserving teams. And, and to me, like... That was the the team that I least wanted to get Connor Bedard, but here we are, and it, it, like it feels like people were expecting this result because people are talking today that you know the NHL has rigged this this draft and and all this. I don't know if it's rigged, but it's certainly not a good look on the NHL for the reasons that I mentioned. Case, do you have any thoughts on on this? Yeah, I was disappointed to hear that he was going to Chicago, but honestly, I. <laughs> I didn't want him to go to Arizona either. I would have loved to see him in either Columbus or Anaheim. Anaheim, frankly, because it'd be sweet to have that Devils-Anaheim rivalry back, um, you know, a couple of years down the road, maybe one or two. And But, oh, the other thing I want to mention is them dropping the ball in the broadcast, like having oh, Kevin Weeks yeah. accidentally tell All them that Columbus is <laughs> out of the running. Like, that was also another mess up, but... Um, I think it would be hilarious, and I think that he would become everyone's favorite player if he just lindros them and said no. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sweet? Um, yeah, never gonna imagine. Ha- never gonna happen, but that would be that'd be fun for sure. Um, you talk about Anaheim being disappointed. Like, yeah, you didn't get Connor Bedard, but they're gonna get a great player. And frankly, like Fantilli, I can just see him on that team, like fitting in with Zegris and McTavish, no problem. Like, Big just the way he plays the game. Yeah, they he fits in there so i think that would be an exciting look and uh, i think that is still going to contribute to that rivalry later on because fantilly does play i would say with a little bit of an edge at times so um yeah that would be fun other than that i don't really have much else to say that chad hasn't already said it's kind of disappointing like frankly maybe chicago shouldn't have even had a first round pick in this year but or like the 32nd pick something like that can we talk about that because like you know i want to go back to your devils who lost their first round pick when they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to that long-term deal. And that was, uh, you know, uh, a repercussion of that, which by the way, was legal at the time. It was totally decision, totally legal. And then Kovalchuk screws off and goes back to Russia. So the devils lose a first round pick. Yeah. And and then the other one is Arizona, right? Who, who was uh, found to be tampering in, in terms of draft activity. And they lost their first overall, uh, their first round pick. Was it last year or a couple years ago? So so something yeah. within the rules, so legal, was penalized. Something yeah. illegal to the league was penalized, but something actually illegal was yeah. not penalized. Yeah. Yeah. Covering up uh, heinous acts over a decade um, because some players are good at hockey. Like, it wasn't something that... You know, it's not tampering at the draft. It's not... I I mean, anyways, like, we're not going to go in-depth with this. It's just funny. Like, it's just a bad look on the NHL overall. But, like, at at the same time, did we expect anything less? They are notoriously bad with PR, and they have been forever. And as long as Gary Bettman is at the helm, I don't think they'll ever change. Yeah, I mean... And you guys saw my response to it in in our group chat last night, and you know I get the frustration. I mean, it's it's unforgivable what what the Blackhawks organization did, and again, we don't have to get into the details. That's well documented, but um, you know what I 
I will say, and this does not excuse what they did, but you know what? It It is a new day in that organization trying to look at the positive. It is a new day there. And I think that Kyle Davidson has, has done a good job as, as a young GM there, like just getting rid of all the old with that franchise and completely starting over. And what a great way to start over. And he's going to get a great coach, a first-time coach in Luke Richardson, who um, really deserves that chance and I thought did a did a good job in, in his first season with uh, with not much there. Yes, the ownership is still there. I mean, we, we all saw the clip of Rocky Wirtz when they had that town hall meeting and how awful that was and everything, but just trying to look at the positive from a hockey standpoint, Kyle Davidson has really made an effort to completely start over and uh, and, and really try to um, you know, get rid of that dark cloud that's over that that franchise, but uh, it's it's hard to forget what transpired. Just trying to look at it through a bit of a more positive lens. That's all. Yeah, and a hockey specific lens, which I get. Yep. I totally yep. get. Yep, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, the, there's uh, you know, at the end of the day, Connor Bedard is going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. He's a franchise uh, changing player. Uh, but you know, teams like Anaheim, Columbus, San Jose, Montreal, uh, you go down the list. Um, they're they're going to get great players as well, and and it's going to be a deep draft and uh, really exciting to watch next month. So. There we go. All right, that's the draft lottery out of the way, boys. And uh, we'll check in on our second round series now. We might as well start in the East, and we might as well start with uh, this Toronto and Florida series. You know, it's amazing how things can totally change in the span of eight, nine, ten days because how great relief fans feeling before chad like how great were you feeling before about you know first playoff series win in 19 years this is great like this is what they needed yeah (laughs) monkey monkey off the back let's go fast forward to now they're down three to nothing in this series against the florida panthers on the brink of elimination the core four matthews marner nylander Tavares has combined for zero Zero goals. Did you see? And here we are. So, what now? Do do they do they have any chance in hell in in coming back in in this series? And uh, they have to win one game tomorrow night. Hey guys, there's no betting corner segment in this episode of the podcast, so I thought I would take this time to tell you a little bit about our newest sponsor, BetStamp, the line shopping app for sports bettors. Betting lines have different odds across each sportsbook, and by using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all of those sportsbooks to ensure that you're finding the best value available on the bets that you'd probably already be making. Also, the BetStamp app allows you to track all of your verified bets across those different sportsbooks so that you can build a more credible record as a better, and it allows you to follow other winning BetStamp users so that you can instantly be notified of their picks. So click the link in the description down below to download the BetStamp app today. And when you do, be sure to provide the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH when prompted to do so to let them know that we sent you. Every download really helps us out and it helps you out as well. So we would really appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Okay, so what were you going to say? Did you see the Toronto Sun, back page of the Toronto Sun saying uh, 
the invisible men <laughs> and talking about how the Leafs four core do their their regular vanishing act. Yeah, I mean oh. this is this is the first time ever that all four players have gone three straight games with no goals. What a great time to do that. What a great time to do that. Oh, fantastic time. Guys, like like you guys know, when when they were down two nothing, I was content. Not content, but I was confident still that this team had something in them because they outplayed Florida in both games. They the expected goals through two games were something like ten to four in favor of Toronto. And Bobrovsky, you gotta tip your cap, he played well really well in both of those games and you know the the core four guys they got their looks the Leafs power play looked deadly they scored a couple goals each game it wasn't like they were getting shut out or anything so you know all signs were pointing to okay Bob isn't going to be able to keep this going and the core four will not be denied going forward well my confidence changed after game three because that entire game right up until they scored the final goal to win it in overtime i was thinking to myself and i was kind of just waiting okay i was like okay like when is something going to happen from one of these guys when are they going to be able to take over the game like john Tavares did in game six of the first round series in overtime to score that goal like austin matthews did when they were down 4-1 and came back to win against tampa bay in tampa bay and and completed that comeback and and we we're all kind of just waiting for that and then the reinhardt goal goes in on a play that was a piss poor effort by basically everyone on the ice except for joseph wool who was just completely shocked that that puck even had a chance to get to the net in the first place so to me like sitting right now as a maple leafs fan down 3-0 i'm just completely baffled because i thought the response after being down two games would surely be one win like out of two in florida at minimum at minimum and i thought it would be game three and it just wasn't yeah you know you've seen pretty well every other team in the playoffs have a bounce back game after a bad game even like seattle dallas put it to them in game in game two and then seattle game three seven two but we'll get to that i have some interesting stats about that um but like you expect every team to bounce back when they lose the devils went down two games they won the next one devils came back again in the second round to do the same thing you've seen it in the west as well when you go down you respond well the leafs haven't responded in this game and um i think it's just florida is very hungry they've got a chip on their shoulder after beating boston out Harp talked about how happy Leafs fans were for a brief little moment, not only from getting through the first round, but also realizing that Florida's done them a favor and knocked off Boston, their kryptonite in the playoffs. Well, we want Florida didn't really pay off here. Florida's playing real meat and potatoes hockey, keeping it simple, getting the puck deep, and just absolutely swarming the Leafs every time they get the puck in their own zone. So it's working out, and... I don't know if the Leafs are just not keeping it simple enough. I mean, they're trying to stretch up the ice and it's not working out. Florida's sitting back and, and picking that off, playing like a 2-1-2. Two, two. And I don't know. I, I don't have any solutions. My solution, honestly, was take Brody and Hall out because both those guys, every time Florida scores, I just look for either Brody and Hall or Hall on the ice. And it's like every time. So 
they've got to shake something up and i don't really know what they have left in in the cards yeah well like that that's kind of the thing right like, you know you mentioned the fact that maybe they're not simplifying the game and we can look at game two as and actually like the first two minutes of the second period of game two as sort of a microcosm of that skilled talented highly paid players in matthews and marner not making simple plays to get the puck out of the zone like that turnover and you guys know the one i'm talking about where marner fishes it off the boards button hooks a foot from his own blue line and then makes the flip pass to Matthews who then has to try to flip it out of the zone like just not good enough and you know you can talk about like the fact that this team will live and die with how the core four performs well that's never been as evident as it is in this series right now because not only are those guys not scoring they're making big mistakes that is costing them games and it's just not good enough well i mean that that terrible giveaway that you're talking about all started with bunting behind the net giving up the puck and i've just been preaching i don't know why he's on the first line he's a bottom six forward put him in the bottom six um looks like maybe they're about to do that but yeah yeah i don't know um i thought it'd be fun during this to to kind of revisit our predictions of these series and uh i gotta say that i'm gonna backpedal on this one i, I, I don't think <laughs> oh, we're gonna see yeah, i don't <laughs> think we're gonna six. see a reverse sweep no i had them in seven but oh, okay i don't think we're gonna see a reverse sweep here i'm the only one with a like my prediction still being able to happen it's yeah. still a possibility because yeah. you guys had them in six i had them in seven but i just don't see a reverse sweep because i don't know if that fight is in this team we haven't really seen it this series that's for sure oh this series has been oh i mean we've talked it to death right and so is the toronto media over the last couple of days like the big stars have not been good enough and that's really the bottom line and now we're going into game four you know we've got a rookie goaltender starting because that's that was a storyline too Ilya Samsonov left game three with an injury and Joseph Wall had to come in and try to save the save the game you know I texted a couple buddies I I was like I hope Joe Wall came to play or else the season is literally over like we're relying on a guy who is what 23 24 to literally save the season it's ridiculous like they're in a position right now where i just can't believe that they're in it because going into this series and i still stand by this they're the better team on paper and on the ice they just haven't performed to it and joseph wall comes in and it's like the f- I think his first shot or a second shot, one of the it was one of the two was a breakaway. Yeah, and like, come on, <laughs> yeah, you just had a brand new goalie come in, you're giving up a breakaway. Maybe sit back a little bit. Like that's tough. I felt bad for him, and I'm like, I was rooting for him. He had decent start or decent stats in his eight starts in the regular season, but like, yeah, you don't you don't expect him to come in and own it. But I mean, look at Lauren Brossois, so. Yeah, and the yeah. thing is, too, now in game four, instead of going to Matt Murray, who is a guy that you pay $4.7 whatever million dollars per year, who is healthy and has been practicing with the team for about a month now as a healthy player, um, is not getting the start. Two-time cup Flashback. champion Matt Murray. Flashback. 
to you talking about that tandem and how Matt Murray is the savior and everything. Like, clip that here. When he's played, he's been good. The problem is he hasn't played because he's been hurt. I, I, I don't agree with the decision to start Joe Wall tomorrow. I think, if anything, this is your Hail Mary. You play Matt Murray. If he gives up a six spot, who cares? You're done anyway. You're dead in the water. It's 3 nothing. But I don't know, man. He's here next year, too. So, like, what are you going to do with him? Like, if, if you don't even trust him to play over Joe Wall, like, what's the plan next year when you're still paying him 4.7? Like, I, it sucks it didn't work out for him here. I truly thought it would because uh, of the Leafs' uh, uh, medical staff. But for whatever reason, man, this guy just cannot stay in the lineup for the life of him. So No. no. Yeah, it, well, it, it, is, it is too bad. It, like I'm rooting for him. I really hope that they can turn this around. I think it would make for a great narrative for them to come back and win four games in a row, but I'm not very hopeful. Uh, I will say, I don't think they're going to get swept, but man, I, I like, I really hope they don't because I'm not even a Leafs fan and I'm sick of the media dumping on their own team constantly. Like I feel for you guys. So like, so happy to win a series, but then if they get swept in the second round, we will not hear the end of it. And it's going to be nauseating. Well, because then the joke will exist that, you know, it's still been 19 plus years since you've won a game in the second round, (laughs) despite winning the first round, like not (laughs) having won a game like that's just, and we don't want to go there. This series isn't over yet. If you want to see my bet slip, I actually put five bucks on the Leafs in seven because the the odds were just too good. You know, like I I couldn't not do it. Do I think they're going to pull off uh, uh, the fourth reverse sweep or the fifth reverse sweep ever in the history of the NHL? Probably not. But am I going to put five bucks down so that I get paid if they do? Absolutely. And I did. (laughs) (laughs) And you're a Leafs fan. You have to do it just for the hell of it. I, I, you know, Florida just wants it more. They just, they look like they want it more. They, uh, they win the puck battles. Uh, you know, Bobrovsky has turned back the clock, which has been just unbelievable to see. I think Paul Maurice has done a great job with them. You know, the Kachucks, the Bennett's, the Montours go right down the list. They just, they want it more, man. And, uh, but I, I agree with with Case. I, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think that you know, just because you get to this point, you're up three zero. I think that fourth one is always so tough to win. Um, you know, regardless of of where the series is at. So um, you know, I, I could see this going five or six. And man, like I hope that the Leafs pull off the improbable and and win four straight and come back. It would be an unbelievable thing to witness. But I just I just don't see it, man. I'm sorry. This Florida team looks really strong. They're proving all of us wrong right now. So, yes, I, I'm i going to, you know, do the surprise thing here and backpedal on my original prediction of Leafs and six, which obviously won't work now last time I checked. So, um, yeah, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be going with the Panthers now. But, I you know, I could see it being in five or six games. I You know, I, 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 I can't see this team just rolling over and getting swept. I hope not, at least, for your sake and for Leafs Nation. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Leafs fans are checked out anyways, and they just kind of want it to be over and don't expect <laughs> the, the players to to even show up for this game. But 
You know, I, I was listening to uh, Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet earlier today. Uh, Justin Bourne and Nick Kiprios, obviously, and and they were talking about you know big changes coming to the core four, and maybe to Sheldon Keefe, and maybe to Kyle Dubas. Like maybe all of those jobs in Toronto aren't safe if they get swept. But then my question in response to that was, you know, what happens if? They claw back and they lose in six games or even in five games. What if they get a win here? Like, are we still talking about those sweeping changes? Probably not. But this series, have we seen that, you know, maybe some of those changes should come? Like, I'm looking at the coaching staff right now as maybe the first change you make because I think Keefe has been outcoached in both series and maybe every series he's coached the Leafs in dating back to when he was hired. So, you know, I, I think if they if they lose in six, you know, we look back at this series and go, oh, they were so close and they battled back and it's not that big of a media storm. But if they get yeah. swept, man, like we're not going to hear the end of it for the for, you know, until October next or, or this year where next season starts and we just hear, you know, oh, this guy has to go trade Nylander for a top four defenseman again and all of that. So I just thought it was interesting to compare like how the narrative will change based on how many games they win here, whether it's zero, one, two, or three. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh we we can't get to, to Wednesday night fast enough. It it's it's gonna be fascinating, that's for sure. And now, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Uh, all right, let's get to the other uh, second-round series in the East. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes against your New Jersey Devils case down 2-0 again, just like they were in that first-round series. They get the big win on Sunday, 8-4. What a performance by the Hughes brothers. You know, Luke comes in, two assists. He looked dynamite. Didn't look like he was out of the lineup at all. Um, and uh, and they've got a, a big one tonight, obviously, as we're recording that uh, that fourth game starts in about 15 minutes. Case, um, just your thoughts on where the Devils are at in this series, what you've seen so far, and safe to say that tonight, you know, as we're recording this and about to drop the puck for game four, that tonight's a must-win for the Devils at home. 
maybe not must win, but it's going to okay. make the comeback a whole lot easier, obviously. Um, I think that this team is never out of it. I've said that multiple times in this year. So I think even if they lose tonight, they can still try to claw back. But um, the percentage goes down uh, very, very quick. Um, man, the first game, one shot in the first period really scared me. But the the second period was the devils the devils won the second period the third period was close but carolina you can't let them come out and and be up a couple goals early because they will shut it down just like the devils did against the rangers carolina can shut it down they were i was feeling claustrophobic at times in game one and game two on my couch because it was so tight no one could move anywhere and uh it was really a dominant performance at least you know the first period maybe the third period and then the whole second game was carolina so that definitely scared me but we saw this before last series um devils came back home and you know the flip of this they they won games at home which is not what new jersey's used to be doing uh they're very good on the road um but that that third game it was it was night and day difference on how they played the game they were fast they were getting behind carolina's d which they could not do in the first two games and it was working out uh i think that maybe lindy ruff's line changes once again were the solve to that he switched to uh 7d and 11 forwards in this game and brought in luke hughes and he was moving the puck behind uh, Carolina's defense getting it in deep all the defensemen were jumping in on the rush when you have 7d they have more legs you saw John Marino in deep you saw Brendan Smith getting in deep Jonas Siegenthaler jumping in when the devil's d are jumping in on the rush it is always results in them getting in the other team zone I've seen it all year they've done the 7-11 before and it worked out in game three and they will be running with it again tonight with 7d Ryan Graves was injured for game three but he is a game time decision tonight so we'll see what the lineup looks like but man what a difference in game three eight to four win was fun to watch uh a couple of the goals against were you know alarming one of them a terrible giveaway by luke hughes resulting in a penalty shot which did you see the clip of that no I didn't. he lifted the player's stick mm. yeah it should have been a penalty shot man we're in this this mindset where if a player gets on a breakaway if you touch them at all they're like ah penalty shot can't do that it's it's tiring and it's the playoffs why did you call that a penalty shot um that being said i gotta give martin nook some respect on that man's name he is a pest and he is very good at his job and has been producing in the playoffs and i thought he was just kind of like a fourth line forward good locker room whatever but man he is effective out there and is getting on my nerves which is a very good thing another guy that's getting on my nerves is sebastian aho was I ever happy to watch Jack Hughes suplex him in the in the game? <laughs> um, he just is cross-checking and slashing everything that moves. And he's one of those players that as soon as a stick goes near him, he's diving 14 feet across the ice to try to draw a penalty. And I'm just happy to see that finally someone said enough is enough, other than Tatar, who got a fine $5,000 for slashing him in the back of the head. Jack Hughes suplexes him. Devils come out with the power play because Aho cross-checked him three times before that. Love to see that. Um, yeah, that was a big rant, but 
<laughs> I, I still have hope. I still, I'm going, oh, we, we talked about the predictions and where we are with them. I'm going to remain with the devils. I'm, I have hope. I have hope too, Case, but I'll say this, and Harper kind of alluded to it when uh, he was teeing this up for you, but tonight I think is a must win, and you know by the time that anyone is listening to this, this game will have already happened. So I think if the Devils win this Game 4 and tie the series up at 2, I'm staying with my prediction with Devils in 7, but if Carolina wins tonight and goes up 3-1 and takes a stranglehold, I don't know. They're they're not the Rangers for me. I hate the way they lock it down and and just give you absolutely nothing offensively. We've seen them do it. Like this team has been doing it for half a decade now, where they go up a couple goals and then just go complete turtle mode, but a controlled turtle mode, um, and it's very effective. So if the Devils go down three one, I'm probably going to have to backpedal and change my prediction to uh, Carolina in seven, but. I don't know, man. Like the Devils are good, and I don't ever want to count them out. That's why I'm a bit hesitant. But I think tonight they should win. They should tie up the series, and uh, you know, they're and then they'll be in a good position because, like we said, they're a good team. And with the addition of Luke Hughes on the back end moving the puck now, I think that's really important for that team. So, yeah, backpedal if if uh, Devils lose tonight. But I mean, I'm I'm cheering for the Devils' case. I really am. Yep, same here. I picked New Jersey in seven games, even though I I really like Carolina as a team and and the way they play. But uh, I went against the Devils in round one against the Rangers, so I had to pick them here. And I mean, I do like that team, and I do think that these two, they they match up really well. They're both really fast, and they can both score. And so it was no surprise to see the Devils put up an eight spot in game three after only scoring two goals in uh, the first two games combined. And uh, I, I do think they'll win at home tonight and even up this series at two. I just think that they're matched up really well. And, and uh, the Devils are riding high after that, uh, that win in game three on home ice. So, but yeah, I think, Chad, I, I'm kind of with you, man. It, I think if they lose this one, you know, again, it'll be after this is out. But um, yeah, it, it'll be tough to come back from a 3-1 deficit. But hey, who knows? That game. First of all, I think the over was five goals, and they scored 12. Five and a half. We were betting on it. Remember, Harp? It was me, you, and Calvin. We were on the phone for half an hour, and Cal's like, who who are we taking tonight? And I'm like, Leafs, Devils, and take the over in that Devils game because, wow. It was only five and a half, and that was low. Yeah. So I've got to talk about some of the depth players on New Jersey. Give props to them real quick. Michael McLeod, that shorthanded goal. Another oh. brilliant one by him. Hard work, coast to coast, drive the net, good things happen. So I love that. Miles Wood scored a nice goal too, a backbreaker. But what I really have to say about that 8-4 game is it did not only get the team back in this series, it got the big boys, the superstars, back into this series or into the playoffs in general. Nico Heischer, lots of assists so far. I think he has six or seven. That was his first goal in that 8-4 game. Same as Timo Meyer. Jesper Bratz in on the mix with points now. He scored last series, but you know what I mean. And Jack Hughes, four points. Luke Hughes, two points. The superstars are in on it. When the bottom six is rolling and the superstars get involved now, that says good things for me. And... uh 
I, you know, we're still waiting on Hamilton as well. We we got to see Hamilton score uh, at his former team. They only mentioned that 16 times a game on TNT. So many. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm really hopeful after game three. Um, it's going to be a dagger tonight if they lose for, for my my happiness. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move over to the West uh, before we wrap up uh, the two series there. Of course, the Seattle Kraken up 2-1 to one in that series with the Dallas Stars. Man, what a dominant performance that was. A 7-2 victory in Game 3 at Climate Pledge Arena. And uh, they're up 2-1 to one heading into that game tonight in Seattle, that fourth game. So uh, Seattle up 2-1 to one in this series. They, they keep surprising us all. What, uh, what do we think about this one, fellas? Um, Seattle is showing what depth can do in the playoffs. Uh, you know, it, the core four is not working out for Toronto. Well, the depth thing is working out for Seattle. Seven different goal scorers in that 7-2 game. Um, Chad's been harping on that all year. Uh, yeah, Chad Harp. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to stick with my prediction here. Dallas is the better team. It took them shooting a puck at Miro Heiskanen's face to win a game big uh boy was that unfortunate heiskin was leading the league in time on ice per per game and time and ice total i think he was playing just under 30 minutes a game for dallas so that was an absolute backbreaker but something i want to talk about in this series is the deserve to win meter on money puck in that 7-2 7-2 game where they Seattle won, they only had a 60.9% win meter whatever you want to call it. For comparison, the Devils had 66.8 in an 8-4 game. Seattle, in their first win, had a 43.4% deserve to win meter Dallas, in their win in this series, 96.8% deserve to win meter <laughs> So Seattle is getting lucky. And a seven-game series is designed to eliminate luck. It eliminates chance, and statistics will prevail. I'm sticking with Dallas. <laughs> They're going to win me $300 by winning the Stanley Cup this year. Statistics <laughs> will prevail, we hope. That's what we add in. Yeah, because, no. Because, yeah, you know, I'm going to look like an asshole when it doesn't happen. I'm going to be like, that. I'm still going to say they don't deserve it. Yeah, well, even, you know, like you guys know, like I'm a big stats guy as well. I, I live on Money Puck, and... The stats all year said that Seattle was bound to stop scoring. They were scoring way more than expected. Uh, and in fact, they were the most among any team above expected in terms of goals. So, um, you know, this series, the fact that they're getting outplayed really just means that they're getting good goaltending from Philip Grubauer, which again is something that, uh, you know, we haven't been able to say in a while but he's been great at these playoffs he's been one of the better goalies in, in these playoffs and you know we thought that jake ottinger would be better than him and he just hasn't been so far at least by the numbers um so we'll see going forward i'm also not going to change my prediction i'm going to stick with dallas uh, i think they're just the better team they're better up front they're better defensively even without miro heiskanen and they have better goaltending, hopefully, or at least that's what the book is on Ottinger. He's one of the best guys. So I'm sticking with Dallas as well. 
But like Seattle, this is a team, man, where I, I think, you know, we've got to give them some respect. Like it's a team where even though they've gotten outplayed in all of these games, they found ways to win. And they're really just, you know, doing it by committee. I think in the first round, they had 16 different goal scorers in that first round series and in the second round already through three games they've had 10 different goal scorers and like you mentioned case they had seven different goal scorers in that one game where they put up a seven spot so it's one of those things man i feel like we just have to stop underestimating this team because they're kind of just getting it done but again all that being said i'm still sticking with my guns and going uh dallas to win this series Harp, we still got you here or what? Yeah, sorry about that, fellas. Just had a bit of mic trouble, but uh, I'm I'm back on now. So yeah, to to talk about this series, I mean Seattle up two to one. I definitely think that Dallas is the better, deeper team. But look, man, uh, case like you said, depth really matters in the playoffs, and you got to hand it to to Dave Haxtall and his crew. He doesn't have a single forward line that plays in, in the in the 20s in this lineup. He just rolls all four lines. We saw the depth this year with, you know, guys like Daniel Sprong and, and others, and, you know, Yanni Gord, what a great playoff performer he's been in his career and, and everything. Um, but uh, you just, you wonder how long they can keep this up for. And uh, I just, I'm not that confident in Grubauer as well and in net, like on a long run, like in, in a Stanley Cup final. I just, I'm, I'm not, even though, like, that's not taking away from how well he's played. I just think that Dallas is the better team. They're going to ultimately pull through and win this series uh, because they deserve it, as as Case pointed out. But, um, yeah, uh, th- this has been uh, pretty, pretty fun to watch by the Seattle Kraken and uh, just goes to show that sometimes you don't need those superstars on your team that you can, uh, you can get things done by committee, and uh, that's what they've done up to this point. Talking about Hackstall, isn't it funny? Like, maybe we should think about changing the Jack Adams because isn't it funny that out of the three finalists, the one that is not remaining in the playoffs is going to win the Jack Adams? Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they, I mean, it's a regular season award, though. Like, it's but, not... But, like, so the where you see coaches out coaching other coaches... Um, is the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, listen, I hear you, but it's like any other award in the NHL. It's a regular season award. It, you know, I, yeah, I know. I'm saying it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I hear agree. you. I, I'd be I'm down with you. for that. Yeah. I'm with you. And and just to clarify, Case, of course, you're talking about Jim Montgomery in, in yeah. Boston. My, my example of that is, to me, this is like having the Rocket Richard being only power play goals. Like that's my comparison of making right. it an only regular season. It's just it's kind of easier. Whereas yeah. in the playoffs is when it gets hard, and that's when coaching really matters. Anyways, yeah. we're it, on a tangent. Yeah, like, but also too, like with regards to that award, it's kind of just like every year. It's kind of just a team that didn't make the playoffs who makes the playoffs, and then it's that coach. Like no disrespect to Lindy Ruff or Dave Haxtall, but like. You know how much of that is them how much of that is getting new players and just being better i'll 
I typically agree with you about the award, but Lindy Ruff and Dave Hoxtall were bad examples to use because Lindy Ruff had the biggest point change in NHL history from last year to this year, and Dave Hoxtall has taken an expansion team from shit last year to the playoffs this year. Normally, I'd agree with, like, they just give the award to, like, a team that has a big turnaround. Yeah. But... But, but like, even with Hackstall, and, and, like, we, again, obviously, like, we don't want to spend too much time on this, but even with Hackstall, like, you know, he was there last year, and they stunk, and this year, like, they added a yep. couple players, kept basically the whole group together, and they were just better. Like, it was just, it's one of those things. And they were super lucky all year, like we talked about in terms of the numbers. So, like, I don't know. Again, no disrespect to Hackstall. Like, he, he was uh, uh, in, in Toronto for a bit, and he was... Uh, he coached Andrew Pesky, who had raving reviews about him, by the way. Um, yeah, at he, North Dakota. Yeah. That's right, before he got hired by Seattle. But uh, it's just, I don't know, it's one of those things. Like the Jack Adams Award, like it's hard to measure coaches aside from just wins and losses, I guess. So maybe that's where the problem mm-hmm. lies. But but that that's what I'm saying is it's, I think it's, it tells more of a story if you use playoffs. To me, like GM, sure, the, G, the best GM is the team that had the best change in the season like yeah do do you know what i mean yeah no yeah that that makes more sense to me yeah like glad we're talking about awards in the playoffs yeah (laughs) anyway (laughs) Uh, haxtell um spent some time in 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 uh philadelphia as well uh anyway but i we're we're all in agreement that we're we're sticking with dallas in uh in in that series but um hey th- this run by seattle has been has been fun all right uh final series to uh, to check in on here before we wrap up uh the vegas golden knights and the edmonton oilers vegas up two to one going into uh game four in edmonton at rogers place on wednesday night uh, so just after this comes out, and uh, that was that was quite the uh, the road performance by by Vegas in Game Three. Jack Eichel had a big night, and obviously, um, you know, Lorraine Brossois got hurt, but uh, and Aiden Hill came in, but you know, it didn't seem to affect them too much. They kept pouring it on, and um, you know, things got a, a little bit nasty as well. What was Evander Kane doing at the end of the first period? When uh, when he had that high cross check on Alex Petrangelo, not too sure, uh, and and you know the game before, given Keegan Colasar body shots while he's lying defenseless on the ice. But anyway, I just I, I think this series is going to get nastier as it goes on. Uh, so what what uh, what do we have to say about this one, boys? Vegas up two to one on the Oilers going into Game Four on Wednesday night. Kane is definitely walking that line right now of being an effective agitator in the playoffs and ruining this for his team like he's got a he's got to smarten up now i think he's got the vegas golden knights pissed off you watched when he cross-checked petrangelo there all four of the knights came at him on the ice which that does you know it looks good for Edmonton in that they are thinking about him and he is in their head, but he's getting penalties too. And they didn't get burnt on the power, like when Vegas was on the power play that game. But when you're on the penalty kill, McDavid's on the bench. Well, McDavid's not scoring as much. Dreisaitl's not scoring. He's not playing five on five or power play time when they score all their goals. It's the same as like, the Devils against the Rangers in the first two games. When you're in the, when you're killing penalties the whole time, Jack Hughes is on the bench. So 
they they've got got a smarten up um if it does get nasty they're better set up to to handle it they're the biggest team left in the playoffs and uh anyways i digress uh i am going to stick with edmonton dry and mcdavid continue to be freaks dry in particular uh, oh. 13 goals in nine games or whatever he's at now when the superstars are going it just takes a couple of the other guys to step up and i think that they'll get back on track i think they win game four and then this series is back to a game a best of three so i uh, i'm still sticking with edmonton here unfortunately they're not going to win it in five like i said they would but i'm still sticking with edmonton yeah i'm sticking with edmonton too i think this series um you know, is going to be a bit closer than people thought because Vegas isn't just going to go away and some of their best players have really turned it on. Like you mentioned, Jack Eichel, uh, Harper, where, you know, we had that steal from McDavid and then put it all the way down the ice into the empty net. That was pretty fitting, you know, especially because a lot of people weren't talking about the fact that it was, you know, number one versus number two from the 2015 draft going head to head for the first time in the playoffs ever. So, it's kind of a missed storyline that, you know, is sort of developing now that the games are being played, which is kind of cool in and of itself. But yeah, I'm sticking with Edmonton um, for the sole reason that they have the two best players on the planet right now. Those two guys, especially Leon Dreisaitl right now, they're, they're just incredible. And I heard a stat uh, the other day. And I don't know if this is, uh, like, I, I haven't looked into this. I just heard this, so I'm repeating this. So if, if it's wrong, correct me. But I heard that Carter Verhage got his 12th goal for the Florida Panthers in the playoffs, which tied the franchise record for most career goals by one player in the playoffs for that team with 12. And Leon Dreisaitl has 13 in these playoffs alone, which is just like we're talking about, you know, a guy who's playing in a league of his own right now. Like, wasn't it McKinnon last year who had like 14 goals through the entire playoffs? Like, it's just and and led the league. Like, it's just it's one of those things, man, where he's just on a different planet. It feels like every night he plays he could have you know five or six and he had four of the one night so he's almost there like those two right now are just going and that power play is deadly still over 50 percent humming at a clip uh, right now that is just untouched i can confirm 12 is the franchise leading goals in a playoffs is carter verhage second being 10 so that stat is factual there we go. But yes, that power play is ridiculous. Do not take penalties. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, and uh, you know, a guy that uh, kind of gets um, put in in the shadows, obviously by McDavid and and Drysaddle is uh, is Evan Bouchard, who has been really good on on the blue line for the Oilers, and uh, is a big part of that power play as well, and. Uh, his uh, role and, and opportunity certainly increased after the departure of Tyson Berry, and it was definitely a gamble by the Oilers, but it's it's paid off. And even though they're down 2-1, to one, and I know that uh, Jay Woodcroft, who is, is one of my favorite coaches in, in the entire league, 
um, you know, after he he wasn't too happy, obviously, about that result in in game three. I expect the Oilers to come back strong at home and and uh, and tie up uh, tie up the series at two. And I originally had Edmonton in six, but I, I could see this going seven games. I really could. I could see it going right down until the bitter end with these two. But I, I'm not concerned about the Oilers. I think they will pull this out in the end. I have a question for you two, though. Stuart Skinner has definitely showed his struggles. What do you do? Do you go to Jack Campbell now? You're paying him $5 million. What do you think? Oh, I mean, he came in that one game, right, and and stole it. Um, was that this series or last series? I think that the was series last. series against L.A. Man, right. looking back, like, he... <laughs> Quietly, he kind he may have saved that he may have saved them in that series. Well, th- that one game alone, I remember looking at the numbers. It was a historic night. Like he had, it was something like over two goals saved above expected in that game alone. Um, yep. After coming in in relief and winning, so. I, but then again, like he's been so inconsistent all year long, and I I don't even know if I can say inconsistent because was he good at all this season? Like even once, aside from that playoff game that, that I just talked about, like it hasn't been good. So I don't know. I think Skinner's still the man, and you still give him the ropes, and then you know if he becomes unplayable, which I don't think he will, then maybe you give it to to Jack Campbell. I think for Campbell, his season is kind of just like, I don't, I I think you let him start fresh next year and try to be the starter, but I don't know that that's how I feel. Case. Case. Yeah. What do you think? I personally would stick with Skinner, but we've seen it with, uh, we saw with Boston, for example, this is a team that ran a tandem all year. Maybe you continue the tandem situation and go with Jack Campbell next game. True. That's a good point. And uh, by the way, you know, speaking of the the Boston goalie situation there, Jim Montgomery did uh, admit in in a press conference today, um, uh, earlier today on on the day that we're recording, that uh, he did he did botch that uh, that goalie situation and should have started Jeremy Swayman earlier. So that was interesting to to hear for sure. Um, That'll get him to Jack Adams. Yeah, Jack Adams, though. (laughs) Give him the Jack Adams. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Back to that. All right, boys. Well, I I think that does it for for episode 170. Again, thank you uh, so much for for listening. Uh, Feel free to to check out our merch uh, at boysinthebooth.com. Again, available for a limited time. Get yourself set up for summer 2023. It's going to be a good one. And uh, also any information past or present that uh, that you want to uh, look for on the uh, newly named uh, Boys in the Booth um, Ball Hockey Classic. You can go to our website for that as well. I almost tripped up too. It was almost a find for me as well, but uh, recovered there. Anyway, thanks for listening and we will chat with you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.